Lower the mainsails. Captain, the storm... It's... it's too strong! Stage through to course. What about the... The wave! The beautiful, hand-carved ship is sunken to the bottom of the sea. The ropes tied around the base of the mast and pots which held trade fare stand stagnant in the dark waters. What a life to live on transporting goods, fighting wars, and championing the daunting ocean. Wouldn't you like to get a glimpse into the life of these sailors? Turns out you can get a much more intimate view of these moments in maritime history because of innovative science and archaeology. This podcast explores the science behind the preservation of ancient wooden ships in the depths of the Black Sea. This is Rachel Tobler, and you're listening to Swallowed by the Sea. Alright, so get this. There are 41 extremely well-preserved wood shipwrecks at the bottom of the Black Sea. Most are from the 16th and 18th centuries. Some are from the 19th century. And most impressive of all, there is a ship from the 14th century Italian medieval times. That's when Marco Polo was traveling the world. And the oldest known shipwreck is a Greek merchant ship discovered more than a mile under the surface has been radiocarbon dated to 2,400 years ago, preserved so well that you can still see carved wooden decorations, rope, and coils. Usually, these fine elements of the ship are the first to decay and degrade. So, why is the Black Sea the maritime archaeologist's best friend? The answer can be found in the history of the Black Sea. It was formed 12,000 years ago, at the end of the Ice Age, when the world entered a warming period. At that time, it was fed by freshwater streams, meaning that it was actually a lake. But as the warming period continued, oceans rose and the Bosphorus Strait was no longer able to separate the Mediterranean Sea and the Black Lake. Salt water poured over the strait and into the Black Lake, making it a sea. When the salt water entered the lake on top of the freshwater, The two did not mix. Instead, two layers formed, one with high salt content and one with low salt content. The layer with less salt rose to the top because it was less dense than the heavier salt water, which fell to the bottom. The top layer contains most, if not all of the oxygen within the waters of the Black Sea. The lower layer has very little to almost no oxygen. At 150 meters, Tests show that oxygen levels drop to zero. Wait, hold up. Water without oxygen? That makes no sense. How could that be? Well, it's not that there is no compound oxygen. There is still plenty of oxygen compounded within the H2O molecules. But there is no dissolved oxygen, which is the oxygen free from the compound that can be used by organisms for biological processes. Alright, now that we got that sorted out. These two layers never mix. This is called permanent stratification. Stratification is when various density fluids arrange so that higher density fluids are below lower density fluids. The lack of vertical movement between the two layers 
limits oxygen flow to the deeper waters. In the Black Sea, the upper layer has 17% salinity, whereas the lower layer has a salinity of 21%, which occurs after the halocline. Listeners who scuba dive may have heard of this, but I certainly didn't know what this meant. The halocline is a transition zone between the normal density water to very salty seawater at the lower levels. The halocline in the Black Sea occurs between 50 to 150 meters deep, which is about a third to nearly one mile deep. The lack of oxygen in the lower layers prevents life. There are no plants or animals found here. This is an important point because plants, animals, and algae are factors which speed up degradation and decomposition of wood, hence sunken wooden ships. Therefore, the shipwrecks at the bottom of the Black Sea are left in pristine condition. The lack of oxygen also prevents physical and chemical processes that cause organic decay from occurring. No anaerobic organisms, plants, wood-boring sea worms, and oxygen make for preserved ships and very happy archaeologists, not to mention history and science geeks like you and me. Of course, these discoveries would not have been possible without the science and technological advancements that allow humans to spend years combing the bottom of the Black Sea. For example, the remote-operated vehicle, or ROV, that was controlled by scientists above the water. The sonar and ultrasound, the carbon dating, the 3D modeling to bring the shipwrecks to life, the marine science to understand the oceanic layers, and much, much more. Imagine being on board the mothership of the Black Sea Maritime Archaeology Project when the ROV sent back the first pictures of a preserved shipwreck. A light shines on the middle of the wreck as the ROV overhead illuminates the skeleton. A loud cheer from the staff operating the automated discovery tool indicates the importance of the find. The ROV sends the archaeologists and scientists hundreds of photos, videos, and measurements to help them create a 3D model above water. They are excited to see that a mast stands tall above the wreck. A wooden sling is fastened to it that has elegant carvings, possibly of words or designs. There are two ornate pillars towards the back of the ship with flowers carved into the tops, possibly a place for oars for use against the unwilling waves. One archaeologist shouts, it appears to be Renaissance craftwork. There are long rectangular pieces that are curved from the bottom of the hull and arc around the sides, evenly spaced apart. They look like the teeth of an anglerfish, making the skeleton a daunting apparition. So much history lies within its bones. So many hands fashioned the intricate hull. And that is the most amazing part of it all, that we have the opportunity to see it, not just imagine it because of the wonders of the natural world and the fundamentals of science, we are able to study a ship thousands of years old. These ships lying patiently at the bottom of the sea are a bridge to our ancient ancestors. Thanks for listening to Swallowed by the Sea. I am your host, Rachel Tobler. Special thanks to the sources and people that made this podcast possible. Christian Rami and Nick Romeo of National Geographic Magazine, Philip Lancier and Alex Cameron of the University de Liège, Encyclopedia Britannica, W.R. Greer and D.K. Ralston of Sal Salinity Stratification, 
Living Black Sea Maritime Environmental Education Program, and not to mention the courageous sailors who voyaged the seas long ago.